Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to another episode of Trundlebed Tales. And today we are going to be looking ahead to the exciting time that's going to be Laura Palooza 2012. But before we get to that, we've got just a little housekeeping. First off, I want to tell you that just this week we turned over the mark and got and are now over 8000 listens uh total to the Trundlebed Tales podcast. So I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. I hope that you'll keep tuning in and share the word with your friends because we're always looking for new ears. Uh if you did not catch it yet this week, our last episode was one of our Travel Times episodes. We were talking about storm chasing with Michelle Martin, so be sure to look into that. And we've got good people lined up for the next few months, so I think we're going to have some great episodes, and I hope that you enjoy it. If anybody uh, is ever out and about during the episode, you can listen through your phone. You can also use that to call in. So if you have a question, you can always do that. The number is 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. That's one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. And I think that is about it for housekeeping. So I'm looking out on the breast of the new fallen snow. We just got about an inch and it's going to be snowing all night. But before we know it, it's going to look completely different out the window. It's going to be July and it's going to be time for Laura Palooza. And to give you a preview of what's coming up, uh, I have tonight the president of uh, the organization that sponsors Laura Palooza, Amy Lauders. Amy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sarah Sue. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad that you could come on because I'm sure everybody is as much uh, as excited <laughs> about Laura Palooza as we are. So why don't you start out just telling people who don't know you a little bit about who you are? Uh, sure. I am Amy Lauders. I'm a professor of mass media at Minnesota State University, Mankato, and I am the editor um, of the Rediscovered Writings of Rose Wilder Lane, Literary Journalist, which also includes my commentary. Um, and a lifelong Laura Ingalls Wilder researcher and passionate, rabid fan. Um, well, you're among friends on that one, I think. I think so. <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think we found a good crowd of people who just think like I do. <laughs> okay, well... Why don't you explain what the connection is between Laura Palooza, uh, the Laura Ingalls Wilder Legacy and Research Association, and Beyond Little House? 
you know, it's 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 a kind of a complex connection. It's it's tightly woven, um, but they're all different sorts of things. Beyond Little House is a, a blog that um, was started by a group of us um, who were interested in creating a, a website devoted to all of the sorts of things that that we who are passionate about Laura like to uh, like to research in the sense going going beyond the initial interest in the books and the television show and digging into some of the other things that are out there. Uh, it's about about three years old, and uh, it's a panel of, of experts and researchers and fans who, who uh, post regularly on the blog and contribute to discussion, discussion on the blog. And it's, it's just a fun place for us to kind of hang out and talk Laura. The Laura Ingalls Wilder Legacy and Research Association, on the other hand, is an organization that was formed primarily uh, to support the work of putting together the conference, which is Laura Palooza. Um, the Laura Ingalls Wilder Legacy and Research Association, we're attempting to make a nonprofit status if we don't want to make any money off of this. What we do want to do is support the work of the home sites and support the work of researchers in the area of Laura Ingalls Wilder and her daughter and all of her legacies. Um, and to do that, the, the conference is sort of a, a natural extension of, of that mission. And Laura Palooza came about um, kind of first. If we, we want to talk about chickens and eggs, and, you know, we let Laura like chickens. Um, <laughs> if we want to talk chicken chicken and eggs, um, I would say the concept for the the idea of Laura Palooza, that is a conference where people could gather as academics, as researchers, as fans, and discuss a multitude of things uh, Laura-related in depth, kind of came about first, and the organization followed as a way of making that happen. Uh, now, this is um, not one of the questions I said I was going to say, but I think it might be <laughs> helpful to uh, to say to the people out there who are uh, Laura fans but aren't necessarily academics what a good thing is having a serious uh, a conference is considered serious, even though it's fun too. Uh, what kind of what does that bring to Laura fandom and credibility of, of Laura fans? You know, that's an excellent question. I, like several other academics I know, um, spent, uh, have spent a lot of time trying to um, sort of shoehorn my interest in research uh, in the in the area of Laura Ingalls Wilder studies, which I just coined that term right now, um, into other disciplines. I, I'm a media historian, so uh, if I conducted research on Laura, in fact, the work that I that I've did on Rose before the book came out, uh, I, I tended to present that at journalism historian uh, conferences or journalism conferences, whereas there are other researchers who are presenting in English and in history, uh, education, library science. There's conferences and and um, academic disciplines in a wide variety of areas that all have something to do in one way or another with Laura Ingalls Wilder. Uh, and those of us who were interested in Laura realize that, you know, it would be fun just to get together um, and present our work to other people who actually get it, um, who you know understand the the significance of Laura as related to our fields, but really just to talk shop about this interconnectedness of all of these fields. And that way, Laura Palooza and, a, and an academic conference in Laura Ingalls Wilder is really a model of interdisciplinary studies, and that's enormously valuable to those of us who research her for a living um, or different 
pieces and parts of her legacies uh, because it gives us a chance to see what's being done, what still needs to be done, and how it relates to all of our varied fields. So from, from that point of view, it is deeply significant. It's also incredibly fun. Um, at the first floor of Palooza, we had everything from uh, weather during the long winter and the, and the physics of the seed wheat trip to um, in-depth discussions of the literary aspects of of the little house books and educators and needlework. And it was really kind of a dream come true for me because I was able personally to see that I was, A, not alone in my scholarly interest to Laura um, and Rose, but also to have a chance to kind of connect with with, uh, all of these other ideas that were out there. I came away myself really feeling excited about the direction of my own research in this area too. So, it's it's a great opportunity for academics to really connect with other people doing similar work, parallel work, um, and also an opportunity for those of us who simply want to learn more uh, to enjoy doing it. Well, it certainly was a great opportunity. It kind of reminded me um, of the first time I went to a, a Living History Museum conference, and it was mm. sort of like, oh, my gosh, we all have the same kind of problems. And then it was like, oh, no, we all have the same kind of problems. It isn't just us. <laughs> uh, but it, it definitely is uh, nice to get into a place where people understand but also can kind of give you a different take on it, because we had mm-hmm. a, certainly a wide spectrum of, of speakers this last time, and I think that'll be true in 2012, too. Uh, all right, so I, that was kind of a, a side trip, but so let's That's get back okay. to this stuff. Uh, well, we, we all have Paz Itchy Foot, so, you know, we all go off on these little tangents. Um, for those people who don't know, where exactly is Mankato, Minnesota? Mankato, Minnesota is an hour southwest of the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, which we refer to as the Twin Cities in Minnesota, conveniently located between Pepin and Walnut Grove on Highway 14, State Highway 14 being the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial Highway. Um, It is actually a very convenient spot to meet for those of us who are interested in Laura Lore because um, flying into the Twin Cities... um, which is an international airport, uh, gives us a nice regional hub and a place to to go, um, to use as base of operations to go virtually anywhere uh, that is Laura-related. Mankato is kind of in the middle of of Laura country, and there's actually a lot of exciting things happening in Mankato this year. Um, Some pretty big historical events occurred in the area 150 years ago, and we'll talk a little bit about that at Laura Palooza this summer. Well, great. And... For the TV show fans, wasn't Mankato on the TV show? It certainly was. Mankato was the closest really big community um, to Walnut Grove. And so you would often see, um, you know, if if Sleepy Eye didn't have it, Mankato did. (laughs) You could go to Mankato for the the hauling or for the... Um, the big stuff was was in Mankato. It was the nearest metropolitan city. And I remember watching the show thinking, wow, that must be a pretty big city. And, you know, Mankato at the time was a county seat um, in the late 19th century, and it was a market town, still is a market town, actually, um, for the rural areas in the region. So I guess that would be pretty accurate. I always, uh, on the way 
through from from Mankato to Walnut Grove, you pass through Sleepy Eye, which is another mm-hmm. town that was on the TV show. But it also is where the Sleepy Eye pottery was and the guy who inspired the character of Linus and Peanuts. So there's all sorts of interesting things right off of Highway <laughs> 14. There really are. <laughs> so uh, why is the, the conference then at Mankato? Just because of that central location? Well, I, I tell you, it doesn't hurt that <laughs> Mankato is so central to, to Laura Country. Um, but it's primarily here because I'm here. Um, the initial conference idea was tossed around um, actually at a very informal gathering of, of Laura researchers um, in Kansas. I think that was hmm, 2006, 2007. We talked about the possibility of having some sort of a, a national conference on a larger scale. And when I took the position at MSU in 2008, um, I realized that not only was Mankato perfectly located, but that I might have the resources here uh, to pull together a conference. And with the blessing of my department, um, I was able to get the sponsorship of Minnesota State University Mankato, which helps keep the cost down. Um, for a conference like this significantly. We don't have to necessarily pay for a lot of the facilities costs that we would if we were doing it at, say, a hotel in a major metro area or even um, given that many of the Laura sites aren't in major metro areas, um, it would be um, – it's, it's considerably cheaper to help uh, have a university sponsor what we're doing. And we really appreciate them doing that. So anybody who wants to say thank you to the University of Mankato in any way it would be nice because we do especially, certainly owe yeah. them a debt. Especially notes to the department chair for the Department of Mass Media. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to get the address so they can do that because I think that everyone <laughs> would appreciate it. Um, so is isn't there a, another literary connection with Mankato other than Laura? Yes, there is, as a matter of fact. Maud Hart Lovelace, who is the author of the Betsy Casey series of books, uh, grew up here in Mankato. And, in fact, her childhood home still uh, still stands on Center Street in Mankato. And it's directly across the street from her childhood friend uh, Bick's house. And she and her friend Bick were the models for the Betsy Casey characters. Uh, in her books. So there are some parallels to to Laura's work, and and we often find that people who are fans of Laura Ingalls Wilder are also fans of Mott Hart Lovelace for that very reason. And the Betsy Tacey Society is based in town, and people can visit both the Betsy and Tacey houses as well as take a self-guided walking tour around Mankato um, to see all of the sites that are listed and discussed in the Betsy Tacey book. Uh, Yes, and there are quite a few of those. I I did the I didn't head everywhere. I didn't get the cemetery for once, which is unusual for me. Usually the cemetery is the first place I go, but uh, <laughs> there are a lot of, of interesting things to see there. And it was I just have to give a shout out for Emily of Deep Valley, which is the the mm-hmm. Lovelace book that is my absolute favorite. It does such a beautiful job of presenting a high school in the 1910s. It's just it's just perfect. It, uh, um, I read that one if you haven't. <laughs> I have that one, and I have read it. And, you know, the slew that they talk about in Emily of Deep Valley is still there. Um, and it's it's a, a fun walk through Rasmussen Woods into into uh, the slew of Emily's Deep Valley. Uh, if anybody's interested in a nature hike, I can point them in the right direction. 
Oh, that sounds great. I always love that <laughs> section of the book where she's arguing about the pronunciation of slew. But anyway, that's <laughs> another one of our wanderings. Let's get back here a little bit. So uh, tell us a little bit about what Mankato's like today since they're going to be coming in there for the conference. Mankato um, and its surrounding areas have recently been um, named one of Minnesota's metropolitan statistical areas, meaning that it's a, a fairly decent-sized community. We have a, we have three, one, two, three, yes, at least three colleges and universities in Mankato proper, and if you we spread out to just outside to St. Peter, we have another couple uh, universities and colleges. So it's it's very much a college town. Um, the, the average age when school is in session is 27 for a resident mm-hmm. of Mankato. Uh, when school is not in session, that number goes up a bit, um, but not not much. Uh, it's a family community. As I said, it's a market town, so there's a lot of great shopping here. And it's a county seat, so there's um, plenty of uh, civic organizations and societies here, including the Blue Earth County Historical Society, which is worth a trip. Um, It's also got a long and and storied history. Uh, In 1862, uh, the uh, the Dakota and the Lakota Indians in the area uh, rightly upset over the way they had been treated by Indian agents um, in the wake of a poorly negotiated treaty uh, had a conflict with the white settlers that involved the slaying of a number of people on both sides. Uh, that culminated in 1862 with the hanging of 38 Sioux in the Mankato's town square. This was 150 years ago. Um, and it is um, the the conflicts are what uh, Mrs. Scott in the second book, Little House on the Prairie, referred to as the Minnesota Massacres. Um, this year marks the 150th anniversary, as I said, of that occurrence. And Mankato is, is commemorating a lot of that this year. So there's many, many different historical sorts of lectures and and programs going on all year long here. So it's a here it's an area that's rich in history, especially Middle Western history, pioneer history, Native American history, um, lots of shopping, lots of learning. It's just a great community. It's about um you know told with these surrounding areas about seventy thousand people altogether. And it, it's kind of divided into different sections. Wouldn't you say there's sort of a section by the mall and then the downtown section with a mm-hmm. lot of the Betsy Tasty stuff and then sort of a campus section. So it's kind of a divided town sort of geographically. Well, and a lot of that is because of the geography. The Minnesota River runs right through the middle of Mankato. In fact, it divides um, – divides counties there. So uh, south of the river is Blue Earth County, north of the river is Nicolette County. So what should look like one big city is, in fact, two legally. We have Mankato and North Mankato, um, divided by the river. Uh, And then the ridges that lead to the river sort of divide these sections up so that we do have on top of the hill, above the river, um, the mall area where there are hotels and restaurants. Um, There's a Walmart if anybody needs a quick Walmart run while they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not too far from there, again, following the top of the ridge along the river is the campus area. It used to be divided between what we call lower campus and upper campus, but is now all on upper campus, all on top of the hill. The uh, community at the river, which is the Deep Valley of Emily's book, um, 
is uh, a downtown area that has not very much in the way of shopping. Although there's some, you know, there's a basic grocery store and a couple of in, in, and uh, a couple of small shops down there. Especially in Old Town, if you're a crafter in particular, you're going to want to head down to Old Town. There's um, several wonderful local shops, including my favorite yarn store. Can I give my yarn store a plug? Oh, sure. Okay. It's Mary Lou's Yarn and You on Riverfront, and they had no idea I was going to tell anybody that they were there, but they are, um, uh, the owners were um, part of the St. Peter Woolen Mill before it closed, and so they have just an amazing selection of local enhanced fun yarns. So if you're a knitter or a crocheter or a weaver, anybody who likes fiber, it's a great <laughs> place to go. Um and the downtown area has a very rich old feel to it, too. Uh, at one point in the 70s, when they were trying to compete with the shopping at the top of the hill, uh, the city fathers actually, in, in my opinion, unfortunately, covered over a section of what had been the main shopping area downtown. So it's it's supposedly, they meant for it to be more of an indoor walking mall, keeping the old character of the buildings. It didn't work out as well as I think they'd hoped it would. Um and my personal disappointment is that my heart love laces father's shoe shop got lost in that particular shuffle. Oh. Um, it's gone. It's where Buffalo Wild Wings is now, which is kind of sad. That's where it was. Um, but you can still see a lot of the, the great character of the buildings, and there's more of a return now to restoring what was there rather than trying to get rid of it or change it. Um, the Historical Society has a wonderful presentation on what Front Street did look like and what kind of a hub it was um, at the turn of the century. So, yes, we have this this wonderful historic area downtown, which includes the Betsy Hasey houses and, the, and, and, and some of these historic buildings and shopping. And then we have the more commercial stuff on top of the hill and the campus on top of the hill. Okay, well, let's get back to the conference proper. Do you have to be a member of the uh, Loring Water Legacy and Research Association to attend? No, you do not. We have both member and non-member registration rates. Um, although I will say that registration, I'm sorry, membership for Loring Wilder Legacy and Research Association is $10 and entitles you to 10% off your conference registration. And something we noticed as we put the registration Together this year, that means that you actually save money <laughs> registering as a member and adding your membership fee because you do get your 10% off your registration um, when you do that. But it's not necessary. So everybody should, and I say that as membership. <laughs> yes, I would say that too. Uh, Well, this year we're doing something uh, a little different. We have uh, a specific program for children this year. Um, we're talking kids kindergarten through grade six. It's called Camp Laura. There's limited availability for that, and it's its own separate thing because the main conference is primarily geared towards adults, although I do think that uh, mature teens who are very into Laura would enjoy the main conference as well. Um, it is adult-oriented, the main conference. Okay. So um, who who do you think it would be interested in attending the conference? Well, you know, if you're someone who spends your summer in a bonnet and braids, you should come. Um, 
In fact, I, I will I'll, I'll share a secret, and that is I'm growing my own hair out so I can do braids this summer. I couldn't do it the last time. It was too short. Um, if you're someone who uh, has read all of the books and just is very deeply interested in the person who created them and her life and times, you should come. If you're interested in the television show, and that's kind of how you got into the Laura Ingalls Wilder phenomenon to begin with, you should come. You'll learn more about uh, the real Laura and the real Rose and the real uh, world surrounding Laura Ingalls Wilder, and you'll get an opportunity to meet two, actually, if you go on the Walnut Grove field trip, three of the, the cast members from the television show this summer. So anybody who's really interested in, in Laura or Pioneer Life should come. Uh, is there any assumption that they've had a, a strong background or done research in Laura, or can you just, uh, because I, I know that there are a lot of, of self-defined um, Laura fans that have kind of varying levels of comfort. Should they feel hesitant about coming? Not at all. Uh, our researchers that are presenting are aware of their audience and, and generally are, are good at um, presenting their work in a way that everyone will understand. This year we're building in more breakout time. Um, our first conference, which I which I programmed, I, I didn't really expect, and I'm, I'm just I'm going to put that out there right now, I didn't expect that everyone would want to attend everything all of the time. Uh, and so I didn't build many breaks into the schedule because I sort of assumed people would duck out when they needed to. And, you know, I was completely wrong about that. Uh, so this, this summer we've built breaks into the schedule that give uh, people an opportunity to connect with each other, to talk about what they're learning, um, and, and uh, to simply discuss what's going on with the conference as well as is to take it all in. So I, I don't think anybody should feel intimidated by the nature of the conference at all. Um, and, in fact, I would say if you are someone who um, simply likes to learn more about the world of the world of, of Little House, you should you should just come and enjoy yourself. Um, if you were didn't know anybody else that was going to the conference, do you think that should stop someone from coming? Can you say that again, please, Sarah? Uh, if if you were somebody who uh, didn't know anybody else, because there are some of us who kn who know each other. Uh, already and are planning, you know, to be at the conference or met online. But if you don't know anybody yet, do you think that should stop somebody from coming? Oh, no. <laughs> it definitely shouldn't stop you from coming. Um, we have lots of activities built in the schedule for people to get to know each other. Um, and as far as I could tell, the first time we did this, two, two summers ago, people who came on the first day were fast friends by the end of it. <laughs> welcoming group. Um, and uh, start out on Wednesday evening for all who are, are in town by Wednesday evening with an ice cream social, um, which is essentially a chance for everybody to get together, have some ice cream, and get to know each other. Uh, we're a very friendly bunch of people, those of us who are putting it on, and I know who have committed to attending this summer, and anybody is welcome to come. Um, no, I, I wouldn't put me off in the least if I was going and I didn't know anybody because we all share the same love of Laura. We've all got something in common. Well, that's really what I think, too. And uh, I think it's a fairly welcoming group. 
and um, several people who I did not know at all before the conference, I certainly uh, got to be friendly with before the end of it. So uh, I, I too, would encourage anybody to come. I wouldn't let not knowing anybody be a, a barrier, and I think um, as long as you're somebody who likes Laura and likes being around other Laura fans, that you definitely will get something out of the conference. It's a, a kind of a wide net, and I think everybody uh, who likes Laura will find something that they will really enjoy about the, what, what we've got planned for you this summer. So let's go back to uh, the logistics a little bit. Uh, where okay. can people stay for the conference? There are a number of places to stay in Mankato. We have rooms reserved at the American, which is the hotel closest to campus. It's about two blocks from campus itself and four or five blocks from the Centennial Student Union, which is where most of our events will be held. Um, we've also got a block of rooms at the Microtel, which is further away, over by the mall, um, but it is less expensive. We also have an option for people to stay right on campus in the air-conditioned Julia A. Sears Residential Hall. This is uh, the newest dorm on campus, and it is beautiful. Um, the Vikings, actually, in training camp are now staying at Julia Sears here at MSU. Uh, and it is dorm-style house housing, but it's also probably the least expensive option because for $150 for a double, which means you share a room with someone and share a bathroom with two other people next door, uh, you get your housing Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night, as well as all meals for the conference. And it's a pretty good deal, actually. And it's also right across the street from the Centennial Student Union, which is where everything is held. It's definitely the closest option. Um, if there any advice that you give people coming to stay in the dorms, because you actually, even though you live in Mankato, stayed there at least part of the time last year, time, right? I did, actually. My niece, uh, Kessini, who turned 16 this spring, she was uh, 14 at the last conference, and I and my mother, we all stayed at the dorms for the dorm experience, and I actually thought it was pretty comfortable. Of course, I stayed in the dorms when I was in college, so I wasn't very surprised by what I had. You get a nice bed and a desk um, and a chair and a closet and a dresser, um, and linens are provided. You get a blanket and sheets and a pillow and towels, one set of towels for the stay. Um, but that's it. And I, there was some surprise the last time that there weren't things like clocks and reading lamps and hangers. But, you know, it's a, dorm, it's a dorm. It's not a hotel. So you have to be prepared for some no-frills housing. Um, I guess that's what I would say about that. If you're someone who needs your own pillow, bring it. <laughs> and if you, you need an extra set of towels, bring that too. Um because those those things are, are not, uh, they're amenities that you would get at a hotel that you wouldn't necessarily get uh, at the dorms. So just and, be prepared for that. And I stayed at the America Inn, and I already have my reservation in for this, this year because uh, I like the hotels and I think it's worth the money. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, an America Inn. If you haven't ever stayed in any one before, it's, um, I would say it's a, it's a nicer chain. Uh, this wasn't the, the nicest America Inn I've ever stayed in, but it was very pleasant. There isn't a closet, which seemed to bother some people last time. Uh, but there was a little refrigerator. There was a nice television. The beds were very comfortable. 
there was a very nice lobby that I didn't spend much time in at all because I was running around trying to get other stuff done, like a chicken with my head cut off. Uh, also, <laughs> a pool uh, that I keep going. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> pie. And uh, they had a very nice uh, breakfast, uh, too, a, the, a continental breakfast that was provided that had both um, waffle a waffle machine, which is what my mom always looks for in one of those breakfasts, and uh, fresh fruit salad, which is one of the things I like to, to find at the breakfast. So uh, I really liked the America Inn. I did drive from uh, the hotel over to um, the campus, but I wouldn't have had to. I would say it's uh, a longish walk, especially in high heels, but it's certainly doable, and I know lots of people just walked over. So I don't think you necessarily would have to, but I generally... Those of you who know me know my car is a rolling tool shed, so I always have way too much junk with me, and I <laughs> try and carry it off. But, but it's, I think, definitely doable to walk. Well, and, and I want to mention something um, that you said that I, I want to stress. All of the housing options that we have listed on the website and um, are and that are available at the, the reduced rates, they all provide breakfast in the morning. So that that's, that's if you're if you're looking at budget, that's something to consider. The Microtel also offers a nice nice uh, breakfast spread in the morning. I have reason to know. <laughs> um, and of course, if you're staying in the dorms, you you get breakfast at the dining hall. So, uh, well, we talked about that. There's definitely going to be a place for breakfast. Will there be a place to eat for lunch and supper too? Um, one of the comments we had last time was that if you weren't staying at the dorms, it was kind of hard to find a place to eat rather quickly at lunchtime. So this year we're offering people the option of eating lunches on campus. We're providing the opportunity to sit down at a plated luncheon on Thursday's program, which is our legacy luncheon, um, uh, which we sort of uh, used to recognize um, service uh, to the organization and to the Laura, Laura's legacies in general. Then we have on Friday an opportunity for what I'm kind of calling a box lunch social. We have a box lunch available that you can order with your registration. And um, we're going to uh, kind of organize people into different sorts of sections and groups to give them a chance to connect with each other in their areas of interest at that lunch. And then Saturday, we are going to have a buffet lunch that goes along with our closing spelling bee, which was a really big hit the first year, so of course we have to do that again. I've also made sure to build extra time in the schedule for suppers this year, um, because you will need to find, if you're not staying in the dorm, uh, dinner off campus, but just off campus in the area around the American, there are several reasonably priced restaurants. And if you want to drive further away, we can certainly um, give you directions to, to other places uh, to eat. If you're staying on campus in the dorms, of course, your supper is included in your um, in your housing fee, and you will just eat in the dining hall, which is really good food, actually. It's buffet-style. reminds me a lot of um, something like Golden Corral or an old country buffet with plenty of dining options. Okay, one question that people tend to have if they're going to a conference or event they haven't been before, uh, what do people need to, to bring for clothes? What's sort of the accepted uh, clothing uh, for people coming to the conference? Well, there's a, um, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> it's 
It tends to be hot in July in Minnesota. I know people think of Minnesota sometimes as a barren, cold wasteland, but it is really not that way in July. Um, however, being indoors, uh, there will be a lot of air conditioning as well. So my recommendation is business casual clothing with um, some light layers so that if you're the kind of person who gets cold in air conditioning, grab a sweater um, kind of in the conference halls and so forth. Um, uh, business casual is, is probably recommended, but, you know, we had people at the first conference in everything from suits, those were mostly the presenters, to uh, jeans and a nice jacket, to bonnets and sundresses. So it's, it's, it's pretty forgiving of just about whatever style you're interested in, like I would say. And, uh, but, I, but I would recommend the sweater. Uh, and also uh, Laura T-shirts were, I think there were quite a few of those. So if any of you have that kind of Laura clothes, you're more than welcome to wear them. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, especially the uh, Laura Palooza shirt is always a good thing to have. And uh, also, are, are we for the um, ice cream social, are we going to suggest or invite people to wear their other kind of Laura dresses? That was one of the funnest parts about the first conference, I think, was the spontaneous decision by several participants to wear their Laura costumes. Um, of course, many people in, in uh, Laura land do occasionally do presentations for schools and other sorts of groups, and we often have costumes for this, and it was just fun. Um, as I said, sort of spontaneously people came in Laura costume, both to the ice cream social and to the spelling bee on the last day, which was uh, a lot of fun. Um, I think that was partially spurred on by the fact that we had at the, the first conference at this ice cream social people from the Betsy Casey Society who arrived in costume, uh, 19th century costume, and that kind of helped it along. But you are more than welcome to wear those. So who are going to be the major speakers this year? Oh, I'm so excited about this lineup, I can't even tell you. It's kind of my dream lineup. Um, we have, again, uh, this year we have formally on the program Bill Anderson, uh, who is the, I really think he's, he's the person who's kept interest in Laura's actual, you know, regular life alive in the last 30 years. Um, uh, and he will be speaking this year. We have Linda Helpin, who is a close a master quilter. Um, we have Julie Williams, who was on your show, I believe, yes. uh, a few weeks back, um, talking about Carrie Ingalls, Frontier, Frontier Press Woman. Um, and then we have, um, I'm going to forget somebody, aren't I? I didn't put this in the front of me, but we have Dean Butler um, coming back this summer. He uh, paired up with Dale Cockrell, a musicologist from Vanderbilt, whom he met at the first floor of Palooza, to... Um, produce a concert in Nashville that they're calling Pause Fiddle Project that uh, headlined Randy Travis and Ronnie Millsap and um, they're going to talk about how how that came together, show us a behind the scenes documentary and the concert itself. I'm very excited for that and of course uh, a headliner that I have been working hard for three or four years to try to get here we have Allison Arngrim coming in on Friday. Uh, TV's Nellie Olson will be performing for us Friday night. Um, her one-woman show, Confessions of a Prairie, some word I can't say on the radio. Um, and she 
she also is going to be spending the day with us on Friday, and she'll be presenting um, to the children at Camp Laura, and she'll be spending some time doing autographs and so forth on Friday as well. So I'm very excited uh, for Allison. Um, I don't think I forgot anybody, did I, Sarah? Nope, nope. I think you got all the major people. So uh, there might be one program you're particularly looking forward to. One program I'm particularly looking forward to, would that be Sarah Sue Uthoff? That was a vague hint for you to be just saying nice things about me, but I guess it was too vague. My program, Laura Ingalls Wilder, is what adults do, as well as besides those major speakers. There's uh, a number of people who uh, put in to present programs, and there is a full list now of those on the preliminary schedule on the Beyond Little House website, so you can check those mm-hmm. out. And yes, there's really some great speakers that are, are coming, um, including our own Sarah Sue here. Um, and we also have Barb Mays Bustead coming back from the National Weather Service. Um, it's a different topic this year. Kelly Ferguson is coming back on the program as well with a different topic. We also have panels for educators, and we have some skills workshops on Friday morning, one in needlework, one in music, and one in food. There are some requests for food. I'm currently trying to negotiate with our on-campus catering to let us make gingerbread. I'm not getting very far, but I'm trying, folks. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, let's see. I think we already talked about most of the special events that are going to be offered. So... Um, there's a conference. One thing people always ask is, since it is May and Cato, not at one of the home sites, I think mostly this is asked by people who haven't actually been to the home site to know what they're like, but is there going to be any connection with the home site and the conference? Yes. Um, actually, because part of our mission is to support the home sites in whatever way we can, uh, we are offering home sites an opportunity to participate in Laura Palooza any way they feel is best for them, at minimum offering information to people who are there about how to get to the to the home sites. We're also offering a special field trip opportunity to the Walnut Grove site, which is only about an hour, a little over an hour away from Mankato. Um, and that field trip you can register for in advance, and you get an opportunity to go to the museum, which is spectacular. Um, Amy Ankrum and um, Nicole Elzenga have done a wonderful job um, with it in recent years, and there's some wonderful uh, exhibits there that I'm excited to see this summer. They've just been announcing some new things that they're doing at the museum. You'll also get a chance to go to Plum Creek and put your toes in the water. That was a um, great I, picture off the last time because everybody who was on the tour about went in Plum Creek waiting at once. There was like a 20, 25 people waiting. It was so great. It was just so cool to see everybody run off the bus and attack the attack the creek. It, it was one of those moments that I probably will never forget, and it was a great photo op. So someone should bring a, a an SLR uh, camera with them this time and just get a snap of that because it was it will be fun. Um, and we're also going to have uh, dinner at the community supper, which they um, have every pageant weekend. This year, again, it's the Lions Club weekend, so we're going to support the Lions Club uh, work at the Community Supper. And um, then the evening, we'll be doing, uh, doing, we'll be going to 
the pageant at Walnut Grove, which is spectacular. And Sarah, so you can talk more about that than I can because I didn't get a chance to go yet. I'm terrible. Well, I've, I've been to the pageant several times. I didn't actually make it for the Laura Palooza chips because I was kind of sick by the end of the conference and there was that lovely thunderstorm. But we're not Yeah, we were interrupted by thunder. <laughs> but we're not going to have that happen again uh, this year. The, the, con- uh, the pageant, there are three currently three active wilder pageants. The one in Walnut Grove I always say it's kind of the Hollywood version because uh, it is the most elaborately staged. They have, for instance, real horses uh, and animals in there. They have a dugout, a real dugout built. There's a sort of fake plum creek to the side. During the prairie fire scene, there is actually a punctured gas line, so real fire goes across the stage. There's a special thing they have. So when the grasshoppers come, it really looks like grasshoppers. And the two uh, major sets are actually built on railroad cars. So they pull forward when they need them, go back when they want, and they rotate 180 degrees. So if the scene is inside the house, you see inside. If it's outside the house, you see the outside. And they actually build the church set every night just in front of you. And it's really... Um, a phenomenal thing. I recommend uh, bringing along sweat to come on and maybe a blanket too. Bug spray is a good thing. Uh, it does get a little cold and late towards the end because they so heavily use these special effects. Uh, the pageant tends to not get out till after 11, so uh, it is uh, getting kind of chilly most nights by then. But I highly recommend anybody get a chance to do the pageant and some people after the conference go on then to the cement I usually don't have that much time so I'm going to try and swing it this year but it's um, they actually have a conference or a pageant that same weekend and theirs is more like you're sort of eavesdropping on the English family so if you get a chance to do both back to back it is certainly well worth it and it's worth pointing out that this match really another hour and a half away from Walnut Grove. It's not all that far by car. Um, and one of the things that I like about that drive is picturing Laura sitting on a wagon and doing that same 80-mile trip in a couple of days that it takes us an hour and a half to do. Um, that's one of my favorite parts of, of that stretch. Uh, this year, too, for the Walnut Grove field trip, um, in response, again, to comments from, from people at the first Laura Palooza, we're offering people the opportunity, if they are returning back to Mankato on Saturday, to take a coach bus. We're getting, we've reserved an air-conditioned coach bus to uh, load folks up uh, at the dorm and take them over to Walnut Grove and drive them safely back after the pageant on Saturday night. Uh, but we, we do need people to pre-register for that it's, uh, um, because we want to make sure we have enough room for everybody, for one, and um, for another, we, we need to justify the cost. But I think that's there was enough interest in that last time it was worth uh, reserving one for this year. So if you are interested in that, make sure you sign up for it. Definitely, and especially because this is something in the way of an experiment, and if it doesn't get enough people on it, then we'll know people didn't really mean it. So if you ever want to take the bus, this would be a great year to do it, to show us how much you want a bus to go, right? Exactly. (laughs) So... Uh, just a couple more um, sort of logistics questions. 
If someone planned to fly in for the conference, where would you recommend that they fly into? I really recommend the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. That's MSP. Um, if you are reserving online, that's the airport designation. It's, um, as I said, just about an hour, a little over an hour uh, from Mankato. But there isn't anywhere closer than that that has the kind of service that MSP has. Um, in addition to having, you know, everything you'd expect from an international airport, including uh, rental cars and so forth, there's also a shuttle from MSP to Mankato that runs regularly, the Land to Air Express shuttle, um, which I recommend. I've, I've used it myself, uh, and they're very, very good. So that's the one that I recommend. There are some other places that you can drive into, but um, Rochester is about an hour and a half away, and Sioux Falls is even further. So really the best airport is MSP. If they are flying in, would you recommend that they get a rental car? Well, it sort of depends on what their um, what their total plans are. If you plan to do any driving around to look at Laura sites, you're going to want a rental car. Um, the bus service in town is, is fine. Um, it runs from campus to the mall and so forth, but it's not going to take you into the little nooks and crannies uh, that you might want to explore. So if you're someone who wants to explore a lot of territory, a rental car is, is a good option. If you're just coming for the conference and going back, um, there probably isn't a need for that. I would just take the shuttle. Okay, uh, Amy, we've got about 10 minutes left and we've got a couple of callers. I'm not sure if they have any questions or not, but I thought we should go ahead and, and check with them because before we're just ignoring them the whole time. Uh, sure. If he does have a question, I just want to give the number one more time, one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. That's one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. And this is the person area code eight one six and you're going to be on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Hi Sarah, this is Della. Oh hi Della. Did you have any questions about the conference? Well, I just want to tell Amy that I'm going to be looking forward to meeting you and everyone. It's my, going to be my first year. And Yay. I was, yeah, and I bring in my sister, and I told her I'm dressed in prairie clothes. I don't know where I'm <laughs> going to get them, but I will get something. I'm a big diehard fan of the Ingalls, Wilders, everything. And I do live, when she said 816, I do live in Kansas City, so... My bucket list is going to everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> I am going to stay probably in the dorm this year because of money-wise. So right, and that's one of the reasons we offer the dorm option. We want people to be able to come, and it can get kind of pricey if you don't have a um, a reasonably inexpensive option for housing. I also wanted to, and it just slipped my mind, um, but you, when you were saying about the speakers, I yes. thought Charlotte Stewart, who played Miss Beetle, was coming. Charlotte Stewart will not be at Laura Palooza proper, but she is scheduled to be at Walnut Grove that Saturday, so she will oh, be okay. around. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I thought that was one of the speakers. I apologize. If I misread. No, no. But, it, but she is going to be in town that weekend. <laughs> okay, and so. Um, it's a hundred way I understand it, hundred and fifty for a double, and that's per person. So my sister yes. would have to pay a hundred and fifty also, correct? 
Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, no, Sarah, thank you for taking my call. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to me- I'm looking forward to meeting you. If you um, can get on, because you and I are on Facebook together, maybe you can help me pick out some clothing. You know, I don't want to be like, oh, she's in jeans and a T-shirt. Wow. No. <laughs> when everybody's going to be in furry clothes, maybe no, I, you, you... I don't think you really have to worry about it too much. If you if you want to send me a message about it, that's fine. But it really is... Uh, I, I wouldn't say that it was an overly dressy crowd, except for the pre- uh, presenters. That uh, Laura T-shirts are more than welcome. Anything that would be sort of um, a little bit dressy be okay too, but not anything crazy. I mean, you're not going to see a sea of tiaras or anything. After all, we're all calico bonnet people. So. Well, and yeah. you know, here's the other part of that is that at the conference itself. LAWLRA will be, again, selling T-shirts as a, a fundraiser, um, essentially. In fact, I've been taking suggestions for sayings, and my favorite one is, <laughs> Laura, did it prairie style. So do I. Um, that's my favorite one so far. We're going to come up with some T-shirt designs. But also, a couple of the home sites sell prairie wear, and I know for a fact that Walnut Grove will be available um, as a vendor this summer. And they have an amazing local woman who does... Um, she creates pinafores and dresses and bonnets in all sizes and shapes, uh, and I know that they're going to be available as well. So you might even want to check the micro website beforehand and see if you could order something. Now, I do have a question, Amy, another one, and then I'm going to let you go. At the okay. beginning, you were with, and if, um, you were talking about your, I can't pronounce it, society? Or you so were the Lauren Goes Wilder Legacy and Research Association? Yes. 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 How do you have to be a teacher at your college to become help to become with that? You know what I'm saying. You do not have to be a college professor or researcher to just be a member of the Laura Ingalls Wilder Legacy and Research Association. You can just be someone who's passionate about helping Laura and helping people learn more about her life. There's, okay, there's no you don't have yeah you don't have to be affiliated with anybody or any other institution in particular you can just be you. Okay, and so, so I, I and can look so, at the go ahead. And there's an opportunity to uh, become a member just on the registration. You, you can go ahead. Well yeah, and I'm going to do that because I've already talked to Joni. I am going to do that, and I'm plus I'm going to pay the 120. Is it? She said what to get with the membership. It's 122.50 or something. So. And you notice it's actually two dollar and fifty cent savings over the non member registration fee. That's what um, she was saying. So I'm gonna go for it. Sure how we met it. That's what I'm and I'm putting my sister in a member too. And I told her, hint, hint, anytime I want something from Laura you know, a new cookbook or something. <laughs> there you go. Hint, hint. <laughs> stuff. So but no, um I apologize for keeping you on. Um I'll catch you up with Facebook. I don't know, Amy, if you're on Facebook. I am. Or anything. Um, is it okay? I'm just going to ask because can't. Is it okay if I befriend you? Sure. If, if that's okay. Okay. That's fine. And and then we can talk more because I do want to be a volunteer and help as much as I can. We always and, like uh, volunteers. Okay. So okay. thank you for that. Thank well, you thank you, and thank you for taking my call, and I'm sorry for taking more much of your time. Oh, that's all right. 
Thank you. Well, yeah. thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You quite cut her off. Uh, thanks, Della, for calling in. And uh, if anybody else is interested, there is actually on Facebook a page for Beyond Little House where we uh, put a lot of news, and there's also a group for the Laura Palooza. So if it's an open group, and if anybody wants to um, become a member of that because you're planning to come to the conference, that is also where things and questions get posted and answers and things. So you may want to do that. We've got one more caller, so I'm going to see quickly if they have a question. This is uh, area code 970. Hello, you're on the air. Did you have a question? No, I didn't have a question. I was just listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is Sandra. <laughs> Hi, Sandra. I don't have to stay at my computer if I'm on the phone, so I was just doing housework and listening. Okay. Well, I just didn't want I, – I, they're supposed to have a little hand that goes up when somebody is actually saying that they want to do a question, but sometimes people tell me afterwards, well, I had my hand up and I didn't show up on the screen, so I just always like to check. So thank you for listening, Sandra. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, for those of you who don't know, Sandra is also on the board of the uh, – L-I-W-L-R-A, and has uh, been very active in keeping us on task. So is there anything else you wanted that we missed that we didn't mention yet? I think everything really has been has been covered. I mean, I was just about to um, perhaps get on the computer and suggest mentioning the uh, Laura Palooza page that is on Facebook, but you did that, and I believe that was Della who was on the phone? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that I've just seen her request to join the group. It's not a private group, but if you don't make people have permission to join, then all kinds of bad spammy things happen. So uh, I will be sure and uh, and accept her to uh, to that page. That's definitely where all the Laura Palooza information is going to show up first. Okay, well, thanks for listening, Sandra, and I will let you get back to... Uh, moving around, trying to take care of those all those kids at once. So. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay. Amy, we've got just, well, about a minute and a half left. So is there anything else that you wanted to get in or something that you're especially looking forward to or something people should be uh, sure to do? Well, I think people should start brushing up on their spelling right now. No, I think you should crack open your McGuffey readers and start studying your spelling words because I know that our our 2010 champion, Aaron Blakemore, is looking forward to some competition this year. Um, and and I, I've heard some smack talk in recent recent weeks, and um, I, I think we, we need to take her out, folks. Um, so anyway, everybody needs to brush up. So I think the spelling bee was one of my favorite things last summer, and I – I think it's going to be fun again this year, too. So take out your McGuffies. Well, you know, I I have actually uh, won spelling bees before to prove it. But then I started teaching school and seeing all the words misspelled all the time just messed me (laughs) up totally. So I'm not nearly as good at spelling as I used to be. Uh, The other thing I did want to mention was if anybody uh, didn't get kind of a flavor from tonight about what Laura Palooza is like to attend, there's a couple things you could do. You can go back and look at the posts on Beyond Little House from July 2010, and there's uh, several posts there talking about what was going on and some news reports and things like that. 
There's also a special issue of the Homesteader newsletter, which Sandra Hume edits, that came out talking about Laura Palooza, and uh, the information about that is on the Beyond Little House website. And there's also a series of links to the um, uh, take you to the videos that I did for the conference last time, and I think that really kind of takes you through uh, day by day and gives you an idea about what's on the conference. And we just literally ran out of time, so the people who were listening by phone just lost us, I think. But everybody <laughs> in the archive uh, will be able to get this. So thank you very much for coming on, Amy. I really appreciate it. I think we did a good show tonight. You're welcome. I was glad to do it. It was fine. And uh, I think we will just go ahead and play out, everybody, and I hope to see you in Mankato in July at Laura Calusa. Me too. See you in July. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.